this one is for the fans. Each and every one who shows up in their own way to support the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, whether they live close or halfway around the world, they are Rider Nation. I am Daniela Ponticelli, the host of Air It Out, a Saskatchewan Rough Rider podcast. In this episode, we will meet a fan who is committed to showing his rider pride every day. Today is 1,432 days. People say, when are you going to stop? I don't know. I would probably keep on going anyway. Another whose family is continuing a season ticket tradition dating back more than 90 years. My dad got these when he was really young, like back in 1937. I'm sure it'll just be something that we'll want to continue. And a man who was sharing his love of the riders with his grandchildren, empowering their lives along the way. I want them to have the best that I didn't have and to make sure that they can have that and keep that going because that's what's keeping them going to the game store. It's, it's going to keep them going when they have children and grandchildren and you know it's gonna that's gonna that's gonna live on, right? These are just three of the incredible fans who make the riders great, and these are their stories. Hi, I am Adam Grabowski. I live in Rossburn, Manitoba, which is on the western side of the province, close to Russell, about 30 minutes from Saskatchewan border. I have been a passionate rider fan since about 88, but I have probably been a rider fan since my sisters told me I had to be a bomber fan. So that's basically how it came when I was a little kid. <laughs> Yes, it was sibling rivalry that got Adam Grabowski to start cheering for Saskatchewan. I'm an Air Force brat. My father was in the Air Force. I was born in the Air Force. And of course, because of that, when I was growing up, we moved around a lot. When I was about five or six, we had moved to Ottawa. We were stationed there. And then when I was about eight... We moved to Winnipeg. And uh, of course, being Air Force, you have to wait for a house to open up. So we had moved into a uh, hotel for the beginning. And my family, right from my mom and dad on down, we have been massive CFL fans. So of course, I grew up with the CFL and uh, didn't really understand the CFL. But I remember living in Ottawa at the time of the Ottawa Rough Riders. So Rough Riders. And uh, when we moved to Winnipeg, Winnipeg and Saskatchewan were playing each other. So of course, I didn't know very much better. I was just a little kid, so I was cheering for the Rough Riders. My older sister told me, you have to cheer for Winnipeg because we live in Winnipeg. Well, what seven-year-old does want to annoy their teenage sister and uh, do the opposite? So that kind of started the fun of it all. I just knew I got a rise out of my sister, and, and that was the best thing about it is being a little kid. I believe that Christmas, uh, my mom got me my first little like Saskatchewan t-shirt. And that was it. So I kind of always had been there. And, and my dad used to cheer for the Rough Riders, I think, to annoy my sister as well. As time went on, Adam's love for the team also grew. He was a full-fledged member of Rider Nation by 1988, just in time to cheer on the team to a championship the following season. As an adult, I'm now out, I'm working, I'm newly married. I'm watching the Rough Riders play in 1989 on November 26th which is my birthday in Toronto. We beat Hamilton and won the Grey Cup. I was always mad at my parents because I said for my birthday, they should have sent me there. <laughs> but as they said, you're an adult, get there yourself. <laughs> Adam turned 24 that day. Saskatchewan's win also paid off at work. As a teacher in Manitoba, Mr. Grabowski was well known as the Ryder fan. I was teaching in Strathclair, Manitoba. Of course, a lot of my students were not Ryder fans, so they would take great joy in uh, bugging me about it. So when they went into that playoff as a 
third-ranked team, play against Calgary and beat Calgary, but then go up against what was Edmonton. I think they were 16-2 and two or 15 and something. And then having won that one, well, that was it. I was done. That was my great cup. We beat Edmonton. We were good to go. And then, of course, great cup on the next weekend and that. But I still remember that game. So I remember the catch. Um, Tony Champion, that backwards catch to tie the game with a minute left. I'm going, oh, my goodness, we're going to mess up so bad. I got to go work on Monday. But uh, that was probably where I was said, yeah, you know what, this team do and die. Yeah, that, that's been it. Adam still teaches, and over his 37-year career, students and fellow teachers have become a part of the big rider moments. 2007 Grey Cup, riders versus bombers, most terrifying Grey Cup ever. Because if the riders lose, I have a classroom full of students that I have to deal with. Like, I mean, it was to the point where I might have to go on medical leave. I couldn't be there. So, of course, the kids are, well, we'll bet you. We'll bet you, Mr. G. We'll bet you. I said, no, I don't bet. I, that doesn't enjoy the game. I said, but I guarantee you, if the Bombers win, I'll recognize it. But if the Riders win, you're going to have to recognize it. So, game ends. Riders win. And I go, oh, I cannot let this go unknown. So I made it to school. At that time, I was living in Hamiota, and I taught in the town of Minneota. It's about 20 minutes apart from each other. I got to school at about 7 a.m. I got to the flagpole. I took down the Canadian flag. I put up the Rough Rider flag. And then the entrance to the school, I decorated completely in green and white. Everything I owned. I had four flags up on the walls. I had everything in. And this, our school was a feeder school. We, we only went to K to eight. The nine to 12s went to another, went to a high school further up the road. So as the buses were dropping these kids off, a lot of them wouldn't come in. I, I can't go in. They said, I can't go in. But that was like that for the entire day. I had the flag up on the up on the flagpole. Everything. My principal came in. And he just shook his head. He said, I'll, I'll just let it go today. <laughs> Adam's family was used to all of this. Starting in the 90s, rider games actually became a place for extended family, aunts, uncles, and grandparents to have one last summer weekend all together. During the 90s, we used to do a family reunion in Regina on Labor Day because both of my sisters now currently live in Alberta. My mom and my parents were living in Alberta. Of course, I'm in Manitoba. So we used to meet on Labor Day for the entire weekend and we made it a fun fest. We went golfing one day. That was back to school, clothes shopping. And then of course the game on Sunday and then everybody departed on Monday. So that was something we did quite a bit in the 90s. But then I would also try to get to a couple of games elsewhere in the summertime. Uh, having a little bit more freedom. I have three boys that are about uh, five years apart from each other and, and a girl that's five years younger than that. I would try to get them to a couple of games, but they weren't as into it as dad was. About 2007, eight, we made a commitment that we would go to about four games during the summer if we could, taking some games that way in the old stadium. When we went through, of course, the 2009 and the 2010 Grey Cups, and then the 2013 Grey Cup, that whole era, we kept, so we, we go to a few games. And then when they announced that we're going to be building a brand new stadium, my wife and I said, well, we have to go to those games. So we were there on the opening day. And then in 2018, we knew where we were sitting and we bought the tickets we bought. And we've been there ever since. Finding the right seats did involve a bit of planning. Adam and wife Brenda tried about six different sections during the 2017 season 
to find their perfect spot. We are sitting in section 226, row 16 at the very top. The area behind us is wide open because that's the alumni section. So that's where former Rough Riders go back and forth. And we have perfect view of the entire field. I'm right behind 207, basically. So we have seats one and two. And then good friends of ours that we've developed since we've been there, Terry and Karen, have 225s, the other two seats. Adam, take me through now what game day is like for you when it is time to hit the road and and the routine you have established as a season ticket holder now. So, yeah, so I tell you, it is so much fun. My wife and I, my wife thinks I'm just nuts. That's that's all there is to it. She, I, should, I should qualify too. It's my second wife and she was not a CML fan. She didn't really know very much about it. So it was kind of one of those just come along for the ride of it all. And she has taken this, she is right in there. So for us, it is making sure we pack up the night before, before we're going to drive out. Um, We usually try to go there the day before the game. We like to get into Regina, meet with friends, have supper. Then we have game day. So we get get our truck loaded. We've got our suitcases in. I've got my two little car flags. I've got my hats. We're ready to roll. We get in. We just, we head out. We take our route along Highway 16, then down through Melville, that Highway 10 in, into it. And we always stay at a hotel right on the east side. Just as you come into Regina, it's nice and easy to get to. And then I'm home. I'm usually in my jersey. I, I'm ready to go. It's, I don't know. It's just that excitement of going. It's just, uh, um, we know the game is going to be good. We, we know the fans are great. And where else can I go as a, when am I now? 57 years old and, and act like I'm 20 and just uh, like jump out of the seats like it's like I'm calling the plays. Adam and Brenda usually stop by the party in the park before heading inside. They grab food from a different place each time before heading to their seats 45 minutes before kickoff. Also, Brenda is all in as a rider fan. The two were married on August 30th, 2017, a Wednesday to make sure it was not a game day. We took our pitcher on the field that day uh, between the 30-yard line, <laughs> which is why I wear number eight. Eight is August, Brenda wears 30, so August 30th. <laughs> the couple has also made space in their home to honor the riders. Adam actually video called me from that room for our conversation, and he's wearing a rider jersey. We actually uh, built this house in 2016, but the house we had current before in the town of Rossburg, we did some renovations. And one of the parts was Brenda allowed me to paint one little wall green so that I could have this little section of my wall for green. And that's where my TV was. And that's where some of my, my, uh, my items were. But when we moved here, we decided, well, we're going to make a Saskatchewan Rough Rider corner. So, of course, we got the one full wall in green. We got the two stripes on the side. And then from there, I was allowed, to, I, I put up all my stuff. So I've got the two pitchers that came out, the closing of, of Taylor Stadium, the opening of Mosaic Stadium. I've got my little share. I've got the 1989 Great Cup champions uh, pitcher on there. And then All the little trinkets that we've picked up or I've been given. Even a room is not enough to contain all of Adam's rider pride. Anyone who meets him knows right away which team he cheers for, especially since for the last several years, he has worn something Saskatchewan Rough Riders every day. If you go back to November of 2019, Rough Riders are in there. There, we're, we're it's looking good. We we finished first. We were hosting a, a home playoff game. 
We had to play the Bombers, which just, oh, I cannot stand playing the Bombers. But it was coming down to, and, and the story had come out of Winnipeg about a gentleman, and I can't remember his name, but he had been wearing shorts for like 10 years because he was going to wear them until the Blue Bombers <laughs> won, won a game uh, or won the Grey Cup. That is a real story. Chris Matthew made his pledge to wear shorts in 2001. 18 years later, he finally put on pants immediately after Winnipeg won the 2019 Grey Cup. But back to Adam and the 2019 Rough Riders. We go to that playoff game. We hit the goalpost. Our season is done. Heartbreaking. Just, But then the, the, the day of the Grey Cup, of course, I still wear my green. I, I've got my jersey on, even though we're not playing, because that's what we do. And we're hearing more about this story, and I'm going, oh, that's not a bad idea. You know what? I think I'm going to wear a Saskatchewan Rough Rider something every day until we host the Grey Cup because Regina was supposed to hold the Grey Cup 2020. So that's not too bad. I, I told my wife, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to wear it every day. She said, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, whatever. So no, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I had a lot of t-shirts, so I, I knew I was pretty good. And I started wearing Rough Rider wear every day. And then who knew that the world would turn upside down? The 2020 season gets canceled. And now... I've got to wait till 2022 until we host the Grey Cup. So I said, well, I committed that I'm going to wear Rough Rider green every day until we host the Grey Cup. And so that started basically three years of wearing Rough Rider green every day at school, every day at, uh, well, on the weekends. Um, during summer, I've got my little work, like I got my yard work Rough Rider green that I wear. I go to my meetings with teachers. I'd be in my Saskatchewan stuff. In fact, I'm going to say I am probably the main reason that there are so many Blue Bomber supporters showing their wares now in MTS at Mantle Teacher Society because I keep wearing my green. <laughs> and so, um, so it was going on. I told everybody I'm wearing this until we host the Grey Cup. So out comes November 2022. Grey Cup is on. I got a lot of friends saying, so this is your last day, right? I said, oh, no, no, I'll wear it one more day. I can't end on the day of. I'll wear it one more day. And then after I thought, oh, heck, this is who I am. I'm just going to wear my green. So I uh, have continued it. So I looked it up. I think today is 1,432 days. <laughs> and people say, when are you going to stop? I don't know. I I thought maybe I'd stop. I'd love to say I'm going to stop when the Rough Riders win the Great Cup. But I would probably keep on going anyways. I'm floored. Okay, so then now I have to ask, you must have a good closet then of rider wear because you want a little bit of variety. I, I'm sure I get both shirts almost every other game. I've got the t-shirts, I've got the shorts, I've got I've got that they had really nice sweatpants that look like dress pants. So I will wear that when it's a fancy occasion. Okay, so here's how bad it is. My daughter graduated in 2020 as well. So we have to get grad pictures. Dad's got his favorite polo shirt on. My youngest son just graduated from the University of Regina education degree. So that I got a little bit more fancy. I wore my dress shirt, black dress shirt that has the little symbol of the Rough Riders on the side and my tie with the, the tie that I got married in, by the way, with the Rough Rider symbol on it. In fact, it was during our wedding, I said to anybody that if you wanted to come, you had to wear green. If you didn't wear green, you had to pay a fine to go to a charity. So I had some, I had, unfortunately, my sisters wore the Blue Bombers, so they had to pay a fine to, to come to the wedding. But uh, yeah, I got uh, married in a tie with a Rough Rider and dress shirt that had a symbol on it. Again, that was something Brenda knew that was going to happen. So 
the, the bigger question, because this was a tough year. This year was tough. Last year was tough. What makes you proud to be a Ryder fan? The fans, in honest to goodness, it is just that whole atmosphere. They're called the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They've taken the entire province, but they include so many people that have been there and moved out. They are what I say is Canada's team because there's Ryder fans everywhere. And just being able to be around that atmosphere and that organization and the way that when you come in, there's always excitement. It, and, and I believe no matter how bad our season is, there's always hopeful optimism. And let's face it, I teach. I teach hopeful optimism all the time. It's just whether you're sitting at home screaming at the TV or you're with 30,000 other fans, it's just so much fun. There are many different ways to express rider pride. For our next guest, it just runs in the family. Hi, I'm Laurie Borobage, and I uh, have been born and raised in Regina, Saskatchewan. So, hence to say, I have been a staunch rider fan right from, I think, the time I was born, following in my dad's footsteps. Laurie and her brother Michael Hungle currently share four season seats. Those have been held by the family since their father, Chris, first bought himself a single ticket in 1937. I know my dad didn't start with two tickets. I think he maybe started with one and then, you know, he always had a, a buddy that would come with him and then eventually it went to two tickets and then his tickets went to three and then it went to four. As my family grew, myself and my husband added some tickets on and my brother added some tickets on. We're at four generations bouncing off of that initial ticket. It makes them the longest serving season ticket holders for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Lori and Michael rotate who joins them, sometimes one of their two other siblings. Sometimes it's their adult children. Or, more likely nowadays, one or two of Lori's five grandchildren get a chance to experience rider games. The ones that are coming right now are 12, 10, and seven, soon to be seven in a couple of weeks. Does the seven-year-old like the, the cheerleaders? Of course she does. See my older ones asking questions that my dad used to say to me like he'd say okay Lori like these people now that are coming on the field they're the old fans they're the guys that usually he didn't say always he said usually score the points for us. There is no denying Lori's father Chris Hungle loved football. He never played the sport but at 18 years old he invested in a season ticket. The Great Depression was still two years away from ending. Back then the ticket was for the Regina Rough Riders of the Western Interprovincial Rugby Union. My dad got these when he was really young, like back in 1937. I'm sure it'll just be something that we'll want to continue through our my family. My dad worked in a was a manager um, at Simpsons here in the city. He sold heavy appliances, so like your washer and your dryer and fridge stove, that kind of stuff. If I said my dad's name is Chris Hungle, like the Chris Hungle from from Simpsons, he sold me our our freezer. Chris Hungle also joined the Canadian Armed Forces at some point during the Second World War. Lori says she doesn't have much information about that time in his life. He was in the army, and so while he was gone, his brothers benefited then his tickets because he wasn't going to give up on those. We was based in Nanaimo, so then when he came back, it was like, okay, bros, that's like time to pass the tickets back to me again. <laughs> For more than 60 years, Chris lived through the ups and downs of life 
as a Rough Rider fan. It included the Regina Rough Riders becoming Saskatchewan's team, two wins in eight Grey Cup appearances, 11 years without playoffs, but also the greatness of George Reed and Ron Lancaster and many, many others. Lori says her father and his cousin would even take the train to attend Grey Cup games. All I know was was one big party and one good big time. Um, somewhere deep down in some pictures and stuff is a picture of my dad, and he's got longer coat, this kind of western he had, and he was on his way. Whether it was the riders were in it or not, he would he you know he would be going. Lori, what was your earliest memory of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? I guess me not going and seeing my dad and a neighbor across the street going and thinking, I like watching that. And I, I watch it when it's on TV at home. Why do I have to stay at home and Mel gets to go? <laughs> so it wasn't always me that got to go. But I, I, I remember probably one of the things that I remember earliest is my uncle and aunt came in with my cousins. And at that time, it was Taylor Field. And we were in the actual rider rookie section. We weren't paying attention to the game at all. And they kicked a field goal. The ball went straight into my stomach. That wins you, I'll, I'll tell you that. It, take, it takes the breath right out of you. And then I was swarmed by a bunch of kids. But So thank goodness the, the cousins that I was with were guys. And they said, hey, back off. She's got the ball. But what we didn't know was we had to throw the ball back over the, over the fence. So nobody was keeping the ball. But even taking a football to the stomach did not keep her away from historic Mosaic Stadium. In 1987, she was offered a chance to work for the club. There was a, a, a gentleman that lived next door to my mom and dad. And it was up to him to make sure that there was, at the time they called them hostesses, in each of the sections. He asked if I would coordinate for each game. So I did. I had First of all, I had to come up with a list yeah you know you, you say to somebody do you have a friend that would like to maybe do this and they got like a small just dollar amount when they left at the end of the game and they got to come in and watch the football game Lori added to her duties the following season one day after the game I had Al Ford come up to me and say you know Lori I don't know anybody that knows this place probably better than you we sure could use somebody in our ticket office what do you think and I said, well, hell, I said, I have two little ones at home. What are you proposing? He said, well, you could kind of sort of make your own hours. He said, what I'm looking for is somebody to come in like the after hours. So what it was, was if it was, if this coming up week was going to be a game here, this whole week, I would be working at Taylor Field. Lori was a part of Ryder history. Saskatchewan won its second Grey Cup in 1989. She saw the crowds line up to catch a glimpse of the trophy. Lori stopped working for the Riders by the end of the 1993 season, but she did come back a few years later to help with a ticket blitz to save the club. In 1994, she started going to games again with her family. What makes you the most proud to be a Ryder fan? I think it has to start with from my, with, from my dad. The respect that he had for his team, for the players, and I'm proud that as a family, we've been able to stick together and do this and, and carry it on. There's so many decades that have spanned and you've ha you have this thread and this connection the whole time. Every year has its ups and downs. What keeps you always coming back? Commitment. And the people where I was sitting before in old Taylor Field, 
it was the same people all around you. So it was like your own little family went, like, you know, during that six months, basically. It's family and friends. Chris Hungle passed away in 2002. Since then, all the generations after him have continued on as Ryder fans. Some have seen the celebration and heartbreak of Saskatchewan going to a Grey Cup final. As a season ticket holder, Lori vividly remembers the 2013 Grey Cup championship in Regina. It was great. I, I remember walking down Green Mile, I guess now they, they, as they call it, afterwards. My arm was sore in, in, because everybody was giving each other high fives. We had gotten dropped off at the game. Our brother-in-law and sister-in-law came to pick us up, but they got in close enough then that they were able to walk back with us and experience that whole, whole thing with us too. And so they got all kind of hyped and pumped up with the, the emotion and, and everything that everybody was feeling. Some Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans are still building their own generational ties to the team. It took our next guest years before he ever saw the Riders on color television and decades before he ever watched the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in person. My name is Keith Pratt. I'm actually from the uh, Muscopedia First Nation, which is probably about 40 minutes northeast of Regina. I guess I've been a Rider fan probably since a wee fella. We listened to the radio with my dad. Those old radios with the batteries, AM radios, a long time ago. I remember George Reed uh, back in the day there, right, when I was a young fella. I'd say probably eight or nine years old. Kind of where it started, I guess. And then football in school, you know, playing football. Uh, we used to pretend to be, you know, George Reed and Gordy Barwell and, you know, Jack Abinchan. Jack Abinchan used to wear a little string on his boot, on his shoe to tie it up. I mean, when he kicked, like to bend the bend the toe. So we used to always pretend to be that, right? While Keith pretended to be one of the pros, he did also play recreational football. Back in the day, it wasn't really organized like it is today. You know, high school football kind of thing. We didn't have the equipment that, uh, you know, that they had now, right? So I'm talking late 60s and early 70s kind of thing. You tell your kids that nowadays of how you grew up and they kind of laugh at you, right? We lived on reserve and there wasn't much, you know, we lived off the land with no power or water, you know, we had to haul snow in, that kind of thing, and we had to cut wood to keep the house warm in the winter times. You know, in the winter time, you would go find a little slough that you could skate on. Didn't really have the skates or whatever, but, you know, they weren't sharp. But, <laughs> You know, we had to make our own sticks sometimes, hockey sticks, and my older brothers would uh, clean the ice, that kind of thing. We didn't have the opportunities that are there now, and a lot of times we were, you know, disappointed that we, you know, couldn't play hockey or go to town or, like, we were bus to school, Edenwald. Most of my family attended residential school, my parents, but my parents didn't, didn't want us to go at a certain age after, you know, the residential schools were kind of, uh, I wouldn't say closing down, but you had the choices of either going to, uh, like, an outside school as opposed to residential schools. Keith has five brothers and seven sisters. He tells me he came along somewhere in the middle. Do you remember the first time you got to see the Riders play in person? When I was younger and my older brothers were working in Regina, my, one of my older brothers picked me up one day. We came into Regina and uh, one night during the game, I was probably about maybe 12 th at that time, 12, 13 maybe, drove around Taylor Field. I was just so amazed at the lights, like it was a night game. The excitement and the noise, right, that was coming from in there and you can just see it and feel it, right, when you're driving around it. I don't know why he went He went there. I don't think anybody went to any games, you know, that I, that I can recall you know of, of relatives or older relatives i do remember one time uh, my uncle uh we came to visit regina he had to leave he said he's going to a football game and i remember being disappointed that i couldn't go along right i'm not sure what the cost of the tickets were maybe that was a, maybe that was an issue too at that time you know to actually take us 
It was a job that ultimately brought Keith and the riders closer together. At 18 years old, Keith started working casual night shifts at the Saskatchewan Boys School, now the Paul Dojak Youth Center. It provides a developmental program, care and custody, for youth who are held under the authority of the Young Offenders Act. There was two dorms of maybe 10 each, and then they had a remand center with uh, probably about 10 that would hold 10. And it's nothing like it is today, right, uh, with the fence and the, the dorms. And I worked through all those phases from where it became, how small it was, to up to holding over 100 kids, right? Keith met Paul Dojak at the center. Dojak was a Canadian CFL referee who officiated more than 500 CFL games, including 14 Grey Cup finals. He is inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame, and Canada's Sports Hall of Fame. Paul spent 37 years with the Saskatchewan Boys School before retiring as director from there in 1975. It was named the Paul Dojak Youth Centre in his honour. I got to know a lot of football players like that were working there. I can still remember them. Uh, Laurie Skalrud, we had Bernie Schmidt, Coach the Rams, you know, those kind of guys. And I ended up hiring riders myself. You know, Arkel Truluck and a guy by the name of Pooch Hendrickson became a good friend of mine. Keith moved his way up into management and retired after more than 30 years at the centre. All those connections brought Keith closer to the team he cheered for and set up some important work down the line. But let's go back to 1993. That year, Keith watched his first Saskatchewan Rough Rider game at historic Mosaic Stadium in Regina. His sister won season tickets as part of the first Rider Lottery. After a couple years of catching games here and there, Keith registered as a season ticket holder in 1996. His wife, Lisa, is a big fan too, and their three kids loved going to games. The old stadium, we used to sit high, like up right above where the riders came out. I, I actually kind of keep souvenirs, as you can see behind me kind of thing. But anyways, uh, I have a whole basket full of gloves that the kids collected. Like I kept those all through the years, right? So those would be like, some of those gloves would be 20, 25 years old now. Those gloves that they got, the kids got. So what happened was rather than while I was watching them down there, we moved our seats down there. I think maybe four rows up right where the players come out. So we had good access to them. So when we started having grandchildren now, we needed more seats. So I think it went to seven. I can't even remember the year, but it went. we went to seven season tickets. And then now we have nine. Again, that's to take turns. Not everybody can come, but we take family. Sometimes if family can come, then I would ask friends to come. You know, from out of town, I have some really good friends from Beardy's Okamasas, which is by north of Saskatoon. Keith made sure his grandkids were wearing green early on, giving them jerseys as Christmas gifts over the years. The oldest girl uh, probably has about, I would say, six to ten jerseys because she was smaller. She was the one that always came. Never missed the game. Uh, Kaylee, Kaylee was at the Grey Cup in the old stadium, and I told her that she'll you know, whenever we leave this world or whatever, she'll always remember being at the, the Grey Cup there because she was probably about maybe 12, 13 years old at that time. So she has good memories of that, right? So I told her that you'll always have that memory. I said, the stadium is gone now. And you'll tell your, your kids or your grandchildren one day that you, you went to the, the last Grey Cup there, right? And they won. So <laughs> It is so wonderful to see over our video chat, Keith just can't stop smiling as he talks about his grandkids. I want them to have the best that I didn't have and to make sure that they can have that and keep that going because that's what's keeping them going to the games too. It's, it's going to keep them going when they have children and grandchildren and you know it's gonna, that's going to that's gonna live on, right? That's the way I look at it. What is it like to 
experience the game almost through their eyes? Do you get to have conversations about the plays and what they're seeing or or just what is the atmosphere like for you? I mean, the younger ones, they, they go there for the excitement, the music, the dance and uh, the older ones get into the game. Yeah, they, the ones that are probably the ones that are eight or eight or nine and up get into the game, right? They know who they are. They they want the they want the jerseys. Like like Kaylee when she was small, like, I had to get Jefferson jersey. I gotta have to get a Fajardo jersey and then he left and and also get to meet them through school. Amongst all of Keith's memories at Mosaic Stadium are many moments spent with grandson Keegan. Keegan grew up there. He was one of the main fans as well, too, that came along with us all the time, right? Keegan was the second oldest of the ten grandchildren. He went to Ryder Games and Regina Pats hockey, loved skating on the backyard rink Keith made each year. Sadly, Keegan died in a tragic accident on August 10th, 2021. He was 15 years old, very good hockey player, sports. Because he loved hockey, he was playing double-A hockey, which is kind of getting ready for the last August, a couple August ago, two years ago. A very sports-minded kid. We got him into the Riders. There's a video where memories are made. You'll see him as a little kid in there. Kaylee and him are in there. So he was always a fan. And uh, just before he passed, about a week and a half before he wanted a jersey, Kaylee called me and said, no, I called her. I said, Kaylee, let's go over to the Riders store. Let's buy something. In the background, Keegan said, uh, Papa, I don't have a jersey either. He said, I don't, I don't have a jersey. Okay, well, get in. I said, I'll meet you guys over there. So when we got in there, he, he wanted to, I don't know why he picked number one. I think Evans, Evans was number one. So it just happened that Kevin from the store said, hey, Keith, you have a deal here. He said, season ticket, you can get a free jersey. Okay, I said, well, can we get it like now? And Keegan got a little disappointed. He knew he could have his jersey, but it wasn't numbered, right? Because he wanted another one. I said, well, you know, we're getting a free jersey, so I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll put the number on it, and you can have it, and it'll say MVP on it. So he ended up wearing that jersey for the game before he passed. So we have that jersey that you know, where it's a keepsake. So we handed that down to my younger grandson under him. So he wears that that jersey you now every every game and it helps uh, with healing keegan was a very very kind-hearted fella we really love sports uh, uh his friends loved him right so uh, and uh he's really sadly missed and so the family carries on their football traditions keeping keegan close those memories are what makes us even stronger when we go to the games you know we think about that and uh two years ago uh or a year and a half ago if you asked me uh i couldn't probably hold it together you know to, to really talk about keegan but now I can get them more stronger and I can talk about how, you know, why, uh, how we passed and this accidental. And, uh, and then we have a, we have an annual midget hockey tournament every year. Last year we had the first year we had uh, four first nation teams and uh, we had uh, so much people come there like for the first year to, you know, for his memorial. So we're having it, we're starting to planning again for next year, a real surprising turnout that we had for him, you know, just because of who he was, I guess, you know, and talking to the elders, they, you know, they say uh, grief turns into memories, you know, good memories. So that's kind of, I think, the stage that we're kind of turning into now. Being a Ryder fan is a big part of Keith's life. He is proud of how far he's come from the little boy who listened in on the battery-powered radio. Outside of sports, Keith works for File Hills Quapel Tribal Council. It started as a three-month contract to fill a vacancy. So three months turned into like eight years now. In the last four years, I've been a, the uh, emergency manager, coordinator for the tribal council. So that covers 11 First Nations, right? And it's uh, 16,000 citizens. Not all of them live on the, on the bands though, right? A lot of them live in town, urban centers. So my, my job is to, to make sure that the communities are safe. You know, like when storms happen, like tornadoes and flooding, grass fires is a major thing. So I help the bands build capacity in their fire department. 
departments, different things like power outages, that kind of thing, right? It's a major one, snowstorms. And uh, so we supply generators. We supply, you know, a lot of different firefighting for the springtime. The best part is meeting people. It's always nice to help people when they're in need as well. The communities, you know, when they're going, when they have issues. And if I can't help out, then I find resources for them, right? Keith also keeps busy as an Indigenous advisor to the Regina Thunder of the Canadian Junior Football League and the Regina Pats of the Western Hockey League, roles that have ties back to the youth centre. Like I mentioned with Paul Dojak, I, I got to meet a fellow by the name of Larry Livingston, who was the principal out there for years. He called me out of the blue and Pratsky said, we need an Aboriginal advisor. You want to come on board? So there on, it kind of grew. We do a lot of First Nations stuff, like with uh, Murad, Murad Al-Khatib. He's the president of the Thunder. So it was a really nice, nice, nice fallout, right? And the board, you know, got to meet a lot of good people there with the board and work close with them. And uh, so we do the Thunder Aboriginal Day, Indigenous Day kind of thing, uh, set that all up for them and any issues they have. And and I guess the biggest thing is they try to, they're trying to recruit more Aboriginal football players. So we're kind of in that process right now in the last couple of years. But COVID kind of slowed things down too, right? Does it make you feel proud to know that you're part of the change that's happening? Yeah, like when I met with the Thunder and I met with the Pats, that's what we talked about was truth and reconciliation. You know, Section 98 to, to 101, we talk about that, having Indigenous kids involved in sports, even at the professional national levels. Ethan Bears and White Cloud and all those guys now that are from, probably were like me, right, growing up. You know, when you talked about reconciliation. You can see how that the riders are a big part of that. The orange jersey game and you know we get chiefs to come in and do the treaty four introductions and so it's really come a long way since you know back in the day right. At the final rider home game of 2023 Keith Pratt was recognized as the 13th fan of the year. With that he gets 13th fan memorabilia, his name on the believer wall and two WestJet flight vouchers and a two-night hotel stay to attend any Rider away game in 2024. It is recognition that Keith says he is humbled to receive. I never really expected anything. You know, I just want to say thanks to the the riders, I guess, for you know deciding on that, the decision they made. My family is really, uh, I guess, appreciative of, of it. My wife kind of looks at me sometimes. I was wondering, what she, mm, this guy he gets into everything. He must be thinking, right? <laughs> you're supposed to be retired What's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah nice big plaque you gave me a nice big plaque and uh so i got that down in the, in the basement there right and i was really surprised everybody i got a lot of uh comments right and uh you know from friends and co-workers that kind of thing right but i never really i never really i mean it just i just go to the games you know i just go there to enjoy the games with the, with the kids and the, you know the the teams change the you know, the players come and go kind of thing, but I always, doesn't matter who's there, we still go, right? It is always so special getting to know Ryder fans, hearing their stories of why they love this football team. Thank you to our incredible guests this episode, Adam Grabowski, Lori Borovage, and Keith Pratt. All episodes of Air It Out are available wherever you listen to podcasts. Let us know how much you like what you are hearing by rating this podcast, leaving a review, or simply sharing with your friends. Our next episode will look ahead to what's in store for 2024. That comes out Thursday, November 16th. Air It Out is hosted, written, and edited by me, Daniela Ponticelli, with editorial and technical support from Ariel Zur and Blake Tideman. Our podcast graphics are designed by Angela Bailey. Air It Out is a Saskatchewan Rough Rider podcast.